This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Lexi. Um, I'm 31 years old. I have four children. Um, one of my children is adopted. He's not legally adopted, but he does live with us. We, we took him in, so he is my kid. Okay. Um, I'm married. We've been married for almost seven years. Happy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you from here? I'm not. I'm from El Paso. Okay. I'm from El Paso, Texas. Um, I have moved around a lot in my life, but I live there being born to eight years old. Okay, so tell me about how it all started or like I guess your very first memory and like how did you find out that your parents were addicted to Mm -hmm. heroin and all that? So it started at a really young age, you know, I I started um, noticing things really young and you know it's kind of hard to say how young because that's all a blur to us sometimes when we're so little. Yeah. But I would say probably about four or five years old that's when I started kind of gaining knowledge of okay this is kind of this is different than other people yeah um and I remember you know them being in the living room um and they would they would get it together and get it set up so they just did it in front of me and that's probably why I kind of just gained what was going on yeah um so, and I don't know, you know, I don't think a lot of people are very knowledgeable of heroin. It's yeah. like the bad, bad one, you know yeah. what I mean? And so the setup of it, it's kind of intense. And, um, you know, it's it's just a lot, you know, especially when they shoot shoot up and stuff. And the smell of it is oh, wow. is like crazy, but it's like um, ammonia, like like what you clean with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it smells. How it smells. Wow. And I remember, you know, after they died, like that smell would kind of like trigger me. Like it scare me. Like I was like, oh no, oh, who's no. doing it? What's yeah. happening? You know? So, what age were you when your parents passed? I was eight years old. I had just turned eight years old. It was um, right before Christmas in '99. Okay. Yep. So, what happened? Like, how how did they pass? Yeah. So, um, So my grandmother, my mom's mom, me and my dad had lived with her for quite a bit. So it was just me, my dad, and my grandmother um, because my mom was in prison. She had gone to prison for panhandling, drugs, you know, paraphernalia, possession, and prostitution. Okay. Um, Panhandling. What Mm -hmm. is panhandling? So it's when, you know how when we're going to Walmart, just walking down or just on the side of the road and people are asking for money? Yeah. And a lot of the times you'll see them with their kids. That's panhandling. Okay. So you know it's kind of that's kind of a trigger for me too, but not in a sense of like. It's like I'm scared. It's more in a sense of like I don't know what they're doing with that money. Okay. You know what I mean? Did they? So they took you with them? They took me with them. Would tell me, that I needed to cry, and and like they'd get me really dirty. You know, like just looking like we need some help. Some yeah yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and in one of those letters, in that in the yellow letter, mm-hmm. uh, my mom explains it a little bit. She that she wrote that to my dad when she was in prison. Um, how long was your mom in prison for? That I can't tell you like an exact time because all that's kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Um, but I would say maybe 
maybe about three years, maybe oh, wow. three or yeah. two years, I'd say. Yeah, it was a good it was a good amount of time. Um, but me and my dad back to that, me and my dad had lived with um, her mom. And so. And I called her nanny. So that was my nanny. She was a really bad alcoholic. Um, and my dad was still doing drugs and stuff. We would live with her on and off. There was one point where we lived under like an overpass. Yeah. Like a bridge, you know, you see in the movies, like all the people, you yeah. know, on the, we lived under there for a while. We moved around. Um, but so my mom was getting out of prison and that night my, my nanny was going to go pick her up and I was supposed to go with her. She was very, very drunk. Um, and my best friend at the time was with me. And they were pulling me so hard from side to side. She wanted me to go with her. And then my my best friend, Brandy, she was like, no, like, we're not doing this. It was was crazy. Like, they ripped my clothes. Like, it was like a big ordeal. How old were you? I was eight. You were eight? I was eight. Mm -hmm. Brandy had got me away. You know, she dragged me to the bathroom, grabbed the phone, locked the door, called my other grandmother, grandmother to come pick us up. And my nanny left. Went to go pick up my mom from the airport. Just got out of prison. On the way there, she got in a car accident and died because she was so drunk. Wow. You know, like her car had, they explained it like it wrapped around a pole. I don't know what that means. I can't imagine like a car like actually, but that's how they say it. So that happened. We had all met at the hospital because, you know, they have to um, identify, mm-hmm. right? So my family members are identifying, and then I see my mom because they had to go pick her up. And, you know... I can only imagine, like, what she's thinking. Like, she just got out of prison. Her mother dies. Like, she's finally clean, and she probably wanted to get her life together, you know? And my dad was there, and I saw them for a brief moment. We had, me and my mom my dad had ended up going to my Uncle Phil's house. And that's a story all on its own, too, my Uncle Phil. It, that's a big thing. Um, but so we went there. We stayed the night, stayed the night with my parents. They had dropped me off at my other grandma's house. And um, I was there for the day. They ended up overdosing that night. Wow. And in the bathroom with all of my best friends. I hung out with a lot of older kids when I was a little girl. They they kind of took care of me, you know. Mm-hmm. There, there were, um, I was eight. They were 11 to 13. And it was a big group of kids. And so while my parents were doing this in the bathroom, they were all in the living room playing video games, you know, because it was, there was just a lot going on. Yeah. And so they found them in there. And so that was probably traumatizing for them, you know. Yeah. So it was both your parents that overdosed after Mm -hmm. the night that your grandmother had passed. Mm -hmm. 24-hour period, pretty much. Oh, my goodness. How did you you feel? I felt like it, it felt maybe like not real, you know. Like I wasn't, I can't say I was like sad because... I know what sadness feels now, and I didn't feel that then. And I don't know if it was because I was small. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like, whoa, like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, where did everybody go, you know? And it just felt surreal. You know, it felt surreal. So after that, who was able to take care of you? Did you move into, like, an aunt or? Yes. Um, I actually moved in with my aunt and uncle on my mom's side. Okay. So it was my mom's aunt, so she would have been my great aunt, her husband and their child. Um, and, you know, I had visited them before, like we were close, so I knew them and stuff. Um, 
And they took me in, and, I mean, the life that they gave me was a completely different life than that. Like, it was it's just, it's hard, but, like, whole 360. Yeah. And, um, you know, I ended up calling them mom and dad, and it was, it was good. Like, I got in a little bit of trouble here and there, you know, just probably from, like, trauma. Yeah. But I was never, like, a, you know, everybody thought I was going to be, like, a statistic kind of from your parents, yeah. right? Like, that was the... That was what people expected of me, and I think they were a little bit harder on me because of that. So I never, like, partied, and I didn't, like, do drugs, and, you know, I didn't. The worst I did was, you know, I ran up the phone bill a lot. Because, <laughs> you know, back then, like, long distance wasn't free, yeah. and all my people were, you know, in other states and stuff. So, um, but they were great. They were great. So mm -hmm. how how long did you stay with them for? Well, I, you know, I had gotten in trouble a little bit with the phone stuff, and I think that I, you know, being a mother now, like, I can understand, like, I was probably a little difficult, especially since what I had been through. Like, I was just, I had so much, like, anxiety as a kid, I think, and ADD, ADHD probably, like, I was just, like, bouncing off the walls probably, and I had a really hard time with, like, listening to what I was supposed to do, like, follow rules, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, at 15, I moved in with my grandmother back in El Paso, and I lived with her for a little bit. I'd say maybe a year. I went to high school there for a little bit. And then I moved in with my other aunt and uncle in Colorado, and I lived there for about two years. Um, it was just kind of back and forth, back and, back and forth. forth in my teenage years. Okay. Yeah. Um, during your teenage years, like, did you go through any other trauma or... Mm. I can't say that I, I mean, nothing like compared to what that felt like, you when know, you were younger. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that at that time, it didn't feel traumatic. Yeah. But as you get older, you kind of like, you know, and you kind of realize things. And so you're like, whoa, that was a little traumatic. It was yeah. crazy. Um, I don't really think I went through anything really traumatic. It was, I mean, I. I had heartbreaks and like yeah. you know normal stuff like that, and Teenage, yeah. I didn't feel like I felt I, I fit in. I was like a little emo kid, you know. Like I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm a people person. I love everybody, but I just felt like I didn't fit in. So I guess that maybe was that was hard for me. But nothing really bad bad ever happened to me. Okay, as so a teenager. Was, so it was just when you were younger yes and then whenever you moved in with um your uncle and auntie the one mm -hmm. that you call your mom and mm -hmm. your dad mm -hmm. yeah how was that like it was awesome it was good it was awesome i mean um they were just very hands-on parents and everything was so clean all the time like it was just like i wasn't used to that you know when i when in el paso I grew up in a trailer park, and it was just, like, kind of that stigma of trailer park, you know, just what people automatically think in their head, like, that's what it was, you know. And I was always, you know, being, like, a little tiny child, you know, they didn't care where I was, what I was doing. Like, I was walking around in cemeteries, and, like, wow. I remember not getting home until, like, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes because I'd be with all these older kids. Like, it was a very different life. I had rules, and... Everything was so nice, clean. Um, there was always food on the table. Like, it was just a, it was good. Yeah. It was good, and I'm super grateful. <laughs>
When you said um, earlier, you said there was a big story with um, you moving in with your uncle. What what was that about? The um, whenever they had passed away and we had went to go stay with my uncle Phil. Yes. So my uncle Phil, um, he he wasn't actually like my uncle through blood. You know, I had called him Uncle Phil. He was actually dating my mom's mom, so my nanny, the one that had died. Okay, that the night previously from my parents. So they dated off and on, but the the big thing about it was that, you know, I had found out later on that my mom was actually, you know, seeing him as well behind her mother's back. Okay. And that was kind of like, okay, like, why? You know, those kinds of things, that's not good, you know. And, and you know, later on I find out that it was just um, I found all of these photos of my mom like that you would see in like Playboy and Hustler and stuff, you know, and and I come to find out that my uncle Phil took those, and it was just weird for me because as a child, like he was my dude, like I loved him so much. He was my uncle, like yeah. he was the greatest person. I mean, he cared about me a lot, and you know, doing that that doesn't mean he didn't care about me. But that's just crazy. Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, you know, and I think that he would. I think that he would give my mom and dad money for, like, sexual favors. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I've been told, you know. People say stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes sense from what I've heard previously. Wow. Mm -hmm. How long was your um, um, your mom in prison? I think it was about two year, two to three years. I think, I mean, time's fuzzy, but, like, two to three years. from I have, like, over 100 letters from my mom and dad back and forth. And um, when she was in prison, and I have about, I don't know, maybe like 30 letters from her writing her mom. You know, they didn't have the best relationship. And I think when she was getting out, she was excited because she was clean and she had this plan to like have this relationship with her mom. And then her mom died. Passed, yeah. And I think that that's like one of those moments where, where what they like relapse or something. And maybe that's why they decided to do that, you know? I don't know. So um, after, so Colorado, after Colorado, mm -hmm. where did you move to? So after Colorado, I had, um, I moved back to Lubbock for a little bit with my mom and dad, the ones who took me in. Um, and I was already like 18 at that time. So an adult. Um, and I had met um, a guy who we had decided to get married and we got married, and he was in the Army, so he was stationed in Georgia. So we got married. I ended up moving to Georgia, and we were married for about six years. Um, so it's been Georgia, Colorado, El Paso, Louisiana, Texas, a bunch of places in Colorado. Moved around a little bit. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then you moved back. So you're you're here now. How long have you been here? We're now we've been here for so oh gosh, five to six years. Five to six yeah. years. Oh yeah, six years. Your husband now is that your second mm -hmm. marriage? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Um. He he's awesome. He um. We have a child together. I have two children from my previous marriage. Um. And yeah, he's great. He's nothing like the last one. That's good. <laughs> it is very very good. I'm very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So how many kids do you have all together? All together four. Four. Biologically three. Three. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And so he has one. It's not his. It, it's neither of ours biologically. We we took him in. Oh, oh yeah, adopted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not legally adopted, but, I mean, he's our son. You know, he lives with us, and he's 15, and I tell everybody he's my kid. I, lo- I love him like my own. crazy thing about the night that they that my that my nanny died uh, at the car accident my dad had showed up at the scene and he stole her purse it's all he, yeah he showed up at the scene and stole her purse to go buy the heroin yeah i thought that was insane wow. uh-huh i thought that was crazy you know but i don't know like in 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 the letter that my dad had wrote about you know before he had planned to end his life or whatever he had you know, he's, he explains in there so many things, but it's like, you know, I've always thought of people who are addicted to drugs as just like, you're weak and you can't, come on, like, get your stuff together. together you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you can do this. You're being weak-minded. And I'm sure that that may be for some people, like, you know, I'm not one to judge because I don't know. But, you know, my dad explained it as like, it for him, it was like a sickness. Like, he could not get out. And I've never done heroin so i don't know how that makes you feel Feel. yeah but i could imagine it makes you feel like you have a sickness um it's strong (laughs) do you want to read this oh yeah i can read it yeah this is when he was in prison no no no. he he was not in prison my mother was in prison this was when my mom was probably in prison when he wrote this letter okay okay he now it doesn't have a date on it and that kind of sad <laughs> but it, you know it is written on this cardboard piece of thing um sorry do you so do you know where he was at when he wrote that i don't to know you? where he was um i'm guessing he was probably in el paso okay um i don't know where he was i do know that when my mom was in prison you know we did live with my nanny a lot but he there were times where he would just kind of like disappear um so i don't know where he was exactly i do know that he wasn't in the right state of mind at the moment. Or maybe he was, you know, like, I feel like once I read it, you'll kind of know, Yeah. you know. Um. Okay, it's also kind of hard to read because his handwriting's crazy. It's okay. <laughs> and there's also a couple cuss words in here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he says, and also it's kind of like a three-part. He, he's, he's writing to what he believes is God, but he's not even sure if that's what it is you know what i'm saying and then he writes something to my mom and then he writes something to me specifically all right so he says life has been too crude to say it was something i enjoyed i guess up until i was about 20 years old i guess it wasn't so bad after that my life took a terrible twist of fate i became my worst nightmare a junkie from hell losing the respect of all i loved and the ones who loved me I have no one to blame but myself. I think I first started doing it because it was something new, but soon realized it would take away the pain of a lonely childhood and an even more depressing teenage error. Not to mention the death of my two parents within a year's time. Sadly, I dragged my beloved wife, the only person that found love for me, into this chamber of horrors. I must say that I am truly sorry for this, God. Please forgive me. I wish it to be known that I never had any direct intentions of hurting any of the people who I did hurt. I pray that if something happens to me, that people will tell my daughter only. I have um, 
tissue right there behind you. I'm trying not to cry because You're it's fine. so annoying. <laughs> I cry all the time. Okay. Um, let's see. Tell um tell my daughter only of the good person they knew in me. Um, see, this is kind of the part. Or does not mention my name at all. Let it be known that I always looked. Hold on a minute. Let it be known that I always loved Libra and Alexis. Libra is my mom. That's her name. Um, I pray there is. I pray there is no doubting that I am truly sorry for all the misery and heartache I have caused all the people who have tried to help me and support me through this whole ordeal. I thank you all dearly. At this point, I'm not so sure there's a heaven or a hell for that matter. So what's the fucking difference, whether you're evil or not? The answer is it doesn't fucking matter one little bit. So I'm guessing that's what he had written to either just writing it or to God or whoever he, you know. All right, so to my mom, it says to Libra, I say go on with your life and make yourself happy. Take care of our daughter and seek out all the good you can find in this world. I want you to know. want you to know I always loved you and always will okay hold on <laughs> okay I never stopped loving you even when maybe I should have I couldn't please for please don't forget about me I promise I'll never forget you even in death your love sorry it's so short but there's no need to set you into a greater depression um I think that obviously they didn't plan to die together you know and so that was crazy to me um and that's how I kind of knew he didn't he obviously didn't do it after this you know so um all right so to Alexis you were the joy of my life for the years I was involved in your life I want you to know I am your daddy and none of this was your fault what happened <laughs> was life got too messed up and out of control for your daddy remember I always loved you and always will. I'll always be watching you from above for as long as you live. I also want you to know that your dad wasn't a bad person, but rather someone who had a sickness that no one would accept or understand. And I'm so sorry I had to leave you, but your welfare was my biggest concern. I don't want you to ever blame anyone for what happened. It was all my doing. I want you to always be a good girl and be good in all that you do. And always, no matter what, listen to your mom and your Mimi. They'll keep you on the right track. And no matter what, always keep away from the wrong kind of people and never mess with any kind of drug. You already know what they did to me. Please try to understand. I love you dearly, your dad. And then, you know, he always wrote on the bottom of his letters, peace and harmony, sister. <laughs> he was such a hippie. Yeah. <laughs> they were, you know, growing up in the 90s, it was, you know, honestly, it was just sex, drugs, and out, and, and, and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's... And I kind of felt like I lived the life of a, of a child whose parents were uh, trying to be a rock star. <laughs> That's what it seemed like, you know. So this is your mom. That's my mom. Mm -hmm. That sure, is before. Right um, that's before drugs. Of course. Wow, she's beautiful. I know. And this is this is your dad. That's my dad. Um, he had joined the Air Force. I think probably to try to get out of some trouble. You know. And these are them. Yes. So that yeah, he one. He does look like a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> so with that one, you know, I kind of want to show you, like, you know, they were only 28 when they died. Wow. And, 
you know, right there they had to be, like, 25. And, you know, that just kind of shows you what that kind of drug can do to you. Like, they aged so much, and they don't look like the same people, you know? And then this is you? Yeah, that's me and them, Um, you know, when I was a little tiny baby. And they didn't look so, so bad then. You know, I think that they tried to clean up a little bit for the first maybe year of my life but you know when I was born I had heroin in my in my system because my mom was doing it and I I couldn't leave the hospital I think they told me for like a month or two um because it was in my system I was like addicted to it I was having withdrawals as a little baby and so they had to you know get it out Mm -hmm. yeah which is crazy because like nowadays I feel like I would have went to Social services, right? Yeah. So like, did it they take know. you? No. They just... Mm-mm. I know that um, I was told they had to go to, like, parenting classes and drug oh. classes and stuff. Letter from mm-hmm. your... So that's a letter from my mom to my dad when she was in prison. And the date on it... So that was about 12 months, so like a year. Well, we'll say 11 months before she got out. Can she wrote that letter. Yeah, I can read it. I can read it. All right. The, uh, like I said, there's like over 100 letters from them back and forth. But, you know, I was going through them this morning and I read this one and it, it kind of um, it answered some questions. It's kind of, you know, because there are I have a lot of questions. Yeah. I want to know what the heck. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, this answered a little bit of stuff. So um, it says, Dear Matthew, I guess I need to get used to writing again. There are just so many things going Every which way in my head, it gets very hard to make anything clear out of anything that I come up with. As usual, I change my outlook on life in general and my situation minute to minute. I feel like, kind of, my right side of my brain and the left side are constantly fighting each other. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure I'm not the only one that has ever felt like this. It's just worse right now and has been for two years. I can't understand what the fuck happened, what snapped. I feel like no one ever helped me. Everyone thinks whenever I open my mouth, I'm lying, even about stuff that is not beneficial to to me to lie about at all. I just can't believe that someone can look at someone and from an uh, from an opinion about their mental state, like in my case, I really feel people like doctors, counselors think that, oh, she looks fine. So she must be okay. That fucking kind of shit blows me away, especially when these people are trained psychiatrist how did they ever get a fucking medical license or a degree metallica just came on this song makes me cry and feels so sick inside i always think okay i always think of poonie they called me poonie i have no idea why (laughs) it's kind of it's a weird little nickname but they called me poonie um So I always think of Poonie. I always think of panhandling at the truck stop with her. Poor baby. How can we have done that? Do you do you know how selfish that is? Very, very selfish. Every time that part says, as you smoke the day's last cigarette, remembering what she said. I'm so sorry. You're good. <laughs> oh, gosh. <clears throat> okay. And now I think back on it, and my dad listened to this song so much when my mom was in prison, and like I loved the song, you know. I was like, I was like jamming to it yeah. as a little kid, you know. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And and the music video though, like, 
I'll write down the song for you. I want you to go watch it in the music video. Yeah. Um, like I watched the music video and I like resonated with it. Like, wow. and then I read this. I'm like, oh, okay, that's crazy, right? <laughs> it sounds like they were just so in love. They were like some of the letters, man. I can't read them because they're. <laughs> like it's cringy gross like <laughs> i don't want to go there man and i'll just be like <laughs> yeah, it down. yeah but they were wow. but you know they call that like it's like trauma bond you mm. know it's like they were in that trauma bond of like being hooked on drugs, drugs and and also having so much childhood trauma that it's like it's your ride or die you know yeah so it seems like for me you want me to keep going yeah <laughs> Okay, um, okay, and then she says, I hear Alexis begging me, Mommy, just, or, I hear Alexis begging me, Mommy, I want to go home, and me saying just two or three more people, and then we'll go, Poonie. I just hope that she forgives me and doesn't resent me when she gets older. Worse than she already does. But I think her resentment towards me is more from not being there, not dragging her around. What do you think? I feel so much guilt. It overwhelms me to no end. I just can't deal with it. I guess I don't know how. I guess I just don't know how. Or I'm just not capable of forgiving myself for anything. Even things that I haven't done, things that have happened to me or done to me, I feel a tremendous amount of guilt for. I guess I'm very weak minded. I always thought I was strong until I got out of SAF, which I'm not really sure what that is. Um, I think it was like the first prison that she was in. I'm pretty sure. Um, if that first time I used, or it could have been a rehab. Mm-hmm. Could have been a rehab. Um, first time I used, I realized how weak I really am. I can't fucking deal with reality or life on any level. I'm fucking no good, good for nothing, cunt. That's what she writes. Um, except for when it comes to giving people misery. I'm damn good at that. Just like the saying, misery loves company. I have found another song I've claimed, My Own Prison by Creed. I know all my problems are self-inflicted, but I but I don't. God help me. I don't know how to stop. Isn't there anybody out there that can help me? I've created my own prison. I can't get out, Matt. Please help me out of this mind that has got me chained and bound in hell forever. I'm more scared about me. I mean the future of me than I have ever been before. I don't want to be like this. I really don't. I can't get out. I want to be a good mother to Alexis. I want to be there for her whenever she needs. I want to be a good wife and companion to you, a good daughter, granddaughter, niece, and friend to everyone. But I always manage to screw things up. Something is telling me right now to pray, but I don't know exactly how to anymore. I don't feel like I'm important enough for anyone to listen to, especially the God, the ultimate being, creator of all. Sometimes it's so hard for me to swallow the whole religion thing. But I try to pray when I close my eyes at night. I've just given up on myself. The only reason I haven't killed myself is the chance that you have to do the same thing over again every time you die until you get it right. That is hell for me. I am in hell. Again, I guess I'm sick of all this damn self-pity shit. It hurts deep in, deep down inside of me, Matthew. Believe me, it hurts. It aches. I'm, I just desperately want a way out of this pain. Love always, Libra. So, and then I read this this morning, and I was like, dang. Like, her her mental health is, it wasn't good at all. You know, I don't think she ever had 
really good mental health at all growing up. I don't think either of them did. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they came from really traumatic childhoods, and that probably led to that. Because in the 90s, I mean, heroin was a big thing, and especially in El Paso. It's, like, right there next to Mexico. like, And that is, like, that's the drug of choice there. I asked my grandma, like, why couldn't they just smoke marijuana? Like, like everybody else in the world, like, come on. It's medical. natural. helps people, dude. And, you know, my grandma was like, you know what's crazy? Because your mom didn't like it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, okay. You know, and I got more sad because they can't meet my kids. (laughs) You know, or my husband. And it's just started, like, becoming hard like that for me. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. And I have a lot of, like, mental stuff. You know, I have, like, really bad anxiety and depression. And, you know, I, I wonder, like, is that stuff genetic? I don't know. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, I obviously have a reason to be upset. But I feel like I've dealt with it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um but that's what's the hardest. Like, they can't, yeah, it's hard. I don't know why. It's just so silly, you know? It's not silly. It, it just seems so silly, but, yeah. And, you know, I know they loved me because I felt that. Like, it wasn't like, you know, like, they neglected me so bad. And, you know, I was never bathed or, you know, anything like that. Like, you can tell they loved me. But. You know, there are also times where they would go get heroin with me in the car and park in an alley and then shoot up. And obviously when you do that, you're like, you know, yeah. like you pass out and I'm just in the back seat. And, you know, um, my grandmother told me that there was one instance where they did that and I got out of the car and a man just picked me up. And thank God he was good because, you know, being over there in El Paso wasn't safe, you know. And I'm just a tiny little girl, and he, he had asked me where I came from, and I pointed him in the direction, and he, like, was apparently slamming on the car, trying to wake my parents up, and told them if they don't wake up, he's taking me to the cops. The cops. <clears throat> so I don't remember that at yeah. all, but that's just, like, that was, that that's crazy to think about. I don't remember it, but it's crazy to think about. I mean, I remember other things that um, was a little weird. Like, having to have a secret knock to get into the house because they needed to know it was me and not the cops, right? Um, because they're shooting up at that time. So, when you say secret knock... Yeah, I still know it. What what was it? Like, um, so they taught you how they to... taught me just a little knock to do on the door. Like, you know, instead of, like, just regular. Yeah. You no, know, it was like a, like, a, like a beat, you know? And so, if I did that, they knew they it was knew. me. Like, that's weird. Who does yeah. that? Like, especially, like, to a six-year-old. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. Instead of, like, a secret password, you got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I would just be out all, all time. Like, nobody knew where I was. I don't know how I'm alive, to be honest with you. Like, I'm being completely honest because I could never imagine my children. Like, dude, I don't even let them go in the front yard without me. Because I'm paranoid. Yeah, same. What the heck? You know? Like, there's no way. No way. Not even if they're with big kids. Like, I don't. mm -mm. Yeah, and, like, back in the day, you know, they would always, like, talk about 
kids getting kidnapped mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That is mm-hmm. pretty scary. It is. I mean, I had, there was a traumatic um, experience that happened to me. It wasn't so traumatic, but it, I think it had formed a lot of things in my brain. And um, I, I was five or six and me and my dad had lived in a duplex. Me and my mom and my dad had lived in a duplex. And um, there was this girl next door, and she was my friend. And she was, like, 11 years old. And But she was bad. You know, she was bad. Like, you can tell. Like, she would go smoke cigarettes in the little shed thingy and, like, try to get me to. And I remember, like, trying it because she told me. Yeah. And I was, like, dying. Like, I was, like, <laughs> like I was, like, dying, you know. And, um, but she... She molested me for, I don't know how long, because like I said, time's fuzzy, but it was, I mean, I thought it was a game. Like, I literally thought that this is a game that people play, and it's not something that adults do or whatever. Like, I knew that adults did stuff like that because I saw a lot of things. Like, my dad would just have Playboys on the on the on the table instead of, like, Home and Garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like... <laughs> Right, Food Network. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, Playboy Hustler. And obviously I'm flipping through. And so I was taught a lot about, like, sexual stuff early on, you know. And so, but even still then, I thought it was a game. And I thought that it was fun. Yeah. Like, you know, we're like supposed to be doing this. Normal, yeah. Yeah, but, and I understand that kids are curious. That's normal, absolutely. But, you know, as you get older, you're like, the age difference is the problem here. Like, that... I was five or six, and she was 11. You can go be curious with somebody your own age, you know? And, like, she would do stuff to me and make me do stuff to her. And I feel like that just formed a lot of things in my brain. Like, I didn't know whether I liked girls or boys for a long time because that was the first thing that ever happened to me, you know? Yeah. And it so, like I said, it wasn't that it was, like, traumatic because she didn't hurt me, like, violently. And I don't want to be that... People have gone through a lot worse situations like that, you know. But it's still, I mean, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. if that happened to my kids, I would, I'd be in jail, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. At um, what point did you figure out, like, okay, this is wrong. Like, she shouldn't be doing this to me. We shouldn't be doing this. Like I said, I can't tell you, like, a time because time's fuzzy. But. Yeah. I mean, there was a time where I, I felt it, and I don't remember if I told my dad anything. I don't remember if I did. I just remember moving away from that duplex. Mm-hmm. And that's literally all I remember. I don't. I remember having the feeling of this is wrong, you know? So, fast forward. <clears throat> so, you moved to um, all different states, and mm-hmm. then you come here. So, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you do now? What do you do here? I am a uh, Fresh 48 photographer, Fresh 48 and a in-home lifestyle photographer. Wow. Love all the babies and just that moment for me was like the greatest serotonin raising levels, you know, and I really like capturing those moments for people. That's so awesome. And then in-home is just so like moody and like, I also um, I have an online boutique for like more like cutesy alternative style type yeah. of stuff because, you know, I'm a little... It was a little alternative, you know. It's a lot of Western stuff out here because we're in Louisiana. So yes. I always say I'm, you know, Al Pasoanian. I don't even know if that's a <laughs> word. But, <laughs> you 
you know, I grew up like rocker lifestyle. So it's more it's more alternative. I like it. Make shirts and tumblers and all kinds of just cute little gifts for people. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. You have to send me your link for your photography and your Absolutely, yeah. I would love to. Oh. I want I was gonna actually I, I plan on making you a cup. Oh. It was my daughter's idea. She's like, You gotta make her a cup oh. with her logo on it and stuff. I was like, Well I wanna ask her what she wants on it first. Like, That's you know. So sweet. Yeah, so definitely. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, do you have any message that you wanna give to people that has been through what you've been through or even just people dealing with parents who are on drugs or mm-hmm. family that are on drugs yes. and all that. Absolutely. You know, it's hard to say what exactly they're going through because there could be so many outcomes, you know. Um, but obviously, like, stay strong and true to yourself. Please just stay true to yourself because that's, like, you don't have to give in and be that statistic. You do not. You know, and... Trust, I've, I've had times where I've, you're going to get curious on all that stuff. That's just normal, but just don't do it, you know? Yeah. Don't do it. Don't, it's not worth it, you know? Because it, like, it literally ruins lives. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there are people who can, you know, stop, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, freaking, you're awesome. Like, that's awesome, but there's people who can't. Yeah. You know, and you don't know if you're that person. So just don't. Exit out. Don't do it. If you need some help, you know, medical marijuana. That's what there the people. That's what the people need. Okay, <laughs> stay away from everything else. But just really though, just um, be strong. Thank you so much. Yeah, for being here and sharing your story. I just want to thank you for letting me be here. It was it was awesome. I'm 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 happy for you. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank like you. this is a really big accomplishment. You know, and you should be proud of yourself. Like thank it you. is. It is good. Um, But thank you for listening to me.